This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. What is wrong with people? I mean, just what is wrong with some of these people, man? I don't know if I'm just getting older. Times are just changing. Maybe it's what I do for a living. But I've never been in such a place to where I find myself so many times a day going, what in the hell is wrong with people? Like, when did everybody become a Florida man? I thought it was just them. It's everybody. Sometime, I just wish that when God was getting it together, sorting it out, he treated people the same way we treated Mr. Potato Head. Like he had to know when putting people together, everybody don't need everything. Some of these people don't need ears. They hear what they want anyway. Some of these people don't need a nose. They nosy as hell without it. Sniffing around. Some people don't need a mouth. And if you don't know why, well, you most certainly will by the end of this episode. Welcome in the moment. Is a moment I talk about the comedy in it all. This is your first time. Welcome to the funniest podcast you have never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners and my new listeners. Episode 75. This shit be in my head. So when I'm feeling down, I take another sip. Maybe I need that as an answer instead of praying to the Lord. You can be anywhere in the world, but you find yourself here with me, and I appreciate it. We in here for another week. Listen, man, if you can't hear it in my voice, let me be the first to tell you I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired, man. You ever just have one of them weeks? Sometimes you just have one of those weeks. Sometimes you find yourself in one of those places just exhausted. I feel like I'm physically, mentally emotionally exhausted. I took on a lot. The weekend I did the show, had my family in town. It was epic. It was wonderful. We did the Burt Show 20-year celebration right after, which was also epic. It was great. Sunday, I turned up with my family again, and I've just had a lot to do this week. So I say that to say, listen, sometimes as an adult, you just be tired. (laughs) You got to do what you got to do, but damn it, man. There's no breaks in adulting. Say it all the time. So if you tired, it's okay. I get it. I'm with you, but we here. We're going to thug it out because I got a lot to talk about this week. I got a lot of feelings that I need to release in hopes that I'll feel better and someone will be helped because that's what I do. But before that, let's get into some things I'm mad at. Stress been on my head. Why they test my feet? I'm just trying to get I'm mad at timing. Timing is everything. Sometimes it's the greatest thing. Sometimes it's the worst thing. 
but it's pretty much going to be everything of everything. And anything that has that much power can get on your nerves. And I don't know about y'all, it seemed like every single time I have to go to the restroom, it's always at the most inconvenient time. It's the reason they call it number two. It'll never be number one. It's not good with timing. Fam, that's the worst thing to have to do at the worst or most inconvenient times. I've been everywhere and had to hold it. Someone's car, on the highway, on a plane, at work, mid-segment on the bird show, stomach rumbling, you fighting through the pain. Y'all know how often we got to play hurt, <laughs> thug it out through the injuries. Y'all don't know. And I found myself in another unique situation where you got to go to the bathroom, man. And what do you do? Because I think it might be character defining what you do in this moment. I'm sure all of us has been there at least once. You ever find yourself in a conversation with somebody and they're giving you like real serious life sauce and you're trying to be there for them, be an ear, a beacon of light, if you will, and your stomach just go crazy? It feel like it's M16s in your stomach? I was there. I mean, my friend was telling me heavy stuff, tears coming. Telling me all about how hard life is right now. The pain. I've been there. I've needed a shoulder to lean on. I realized how important I was in this moment. And as they're giving me all that they're going through, my stomach is giving me all that I can handle. I don't know what to do here. How do you tell your friend, wait? Hey, wait. Cut your tears for a second. I got to take a shit. How do you do that? Is that something y'all just do? Like, do you, what do you do in that moment? Do you tell, you stop your friend? Yo, this is, I, yo, I get it. This is crazy. I know you're going through a lot. But I'll be right back. I know my friends. My friends are not going to go for the I'll be right back when they're really going through something. What do you mean you'll be right back? Yo, I got to, you got to what? You're going to make me tell you. <laughs> Ain't nothing shameful about going to the bathroom. We all got to do it. I'm just saying in that moment, when your friend is mid-story, what do you do? If they're number one, but you have to do number two, do you leave? Because maybe I'm soft. I stuck it out. I let my stomach rumble and hope that they cried over it. <laughs> I was hoping that the crying would always be louder than the rumble. Because my stomach was Muhammad Ali. Rumble, young man, rumble. Who's next? I'm mad at people who keep saying... Things that contradict the exact thing that they're saying at the time that they say it. Think about the things you say sometime. Right? I've been making a theme of this for quite some time. Such as the people who say, yo, I'm not the one. Well, they always say that after the action. If you weren't the one, you would have done something instead of just standing there telling us you're not the one. Or like when people say what we're not going to do. They always say it based on something that someone's already done. Another one is I keep hearing people say, yo, I move in silence. I'm out here getting to it, but I never talk about it. It's in private. You got to keep your moves low so people don't really see you moving. Fam, all of that was loud. I don't, like silence is like actual silence. Like you can't hear anything. Like no one says anything. There are no words. I don't think. You telling us that you're silent actually makes you silent. Yeah, I move in silence. You can't move in silence loudly. 
that's not the way it works. Maybe I'm tripping again, but I don't think that's how it goes. You ever heard somebody yell at you that they're not saying anything? Yo, I'm not even saying anything to you. I'm not even doing anything. I'm not even coming at you like that. Well, what's, what's, what's that? Because <laughs> if you're not saying anything, well, I couldn't be aware of the fact that you had, you've said something. I could, can actually repeat it. I just heard you. Like, why do people do that? You ever seen somebody write something on Facebook that take you two hours to read? Shit is like a miniseries, all to end it with, but I don't care what y'all think. Well, well, wait a minute now, because I just watched your post all the way through season four. For you to tell me you don't care what I think, I don't, well, damn it, give me my time back. Some of this shit y'all be saying just don't make any sense. You know what silence sound like? Like that. <laughs> if you're gonna move in silence, then move in silence. Like the great Lil Wayne said, who y'all once said was the greatest rapper alive. Real G's move in silence, like lasagna. <laughs> okay. Who's that? I'm mad at things that keep telling me if I like this, then I'll like that. I never like it. Everywhere I go now, someone is suggesting something to me. I've already, if you've ever been single, for sure, you know, you already got to deal with this with people. I never understood why so many people have a problem with understanding that being single is not a disease. Some people just like being single. Some people just want to date. Everybody don't want you in their face trying to hook them up with somebody like they just couldn't possibly be happy being alone. There's no way that could be a choice. Oh, if only some of you knew. But then you turn around and see how many people are miserable in a relationship and it just makes you go hmm what the hell man why are you in such a rush to make me miserable too if i'm gonna be happy in something so be it but if i'm gonna be happy alone that's better than being miserable and together some people actually feel that way my point is everybody don't always need a suggestion Sometimes I go into Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, wherever I go. Hey, if you like those friends, I know you'll like these friends. I don't like those friends. I can't tell you how many times I've watched something on Netflix and they was like, but you'll love these. And all of that wasn't anything like what I just watched. I won't. It's the same thing as when you get out the relationship and your homeboy or your homegirl is like, yo, if you was with that loser, I know you'll like my friend. I've never liked your friend. Mo, my daughter is single. So? <laughs> hey, let's hook Mo up. I used to hate the let's hook Mo up game. Sometimes you'll want to be in a relationship just so people will stop trying to put you in a relationship, even if you happy being single. That's how toxic this shit can get. And I'm the kind of person I was always happy either way. If I'm in a relationship, I'm there because I'm happy. If I'm single, I'm there because I'm happy. But I ain't going to force anything either way just to have it. No, thank you. Do y'all know how many times when I was single, my same friends who I would listen to complain about how miserable they were in their relationships? And even if they didn't say it, you knew it just from being around them. <laughs> you knew they weren't the happiest guy on the earth. There's a time in my life when I used to kick it with like a group of my friends and it didn't take much of an experiment for me to kind of realize that the happiest dude in the group was the only one who was single. I'm just saying. He was happy. A different level of happy that I don't feel like either man had that was in the group. 
And I'm not saying they weren't happy at all. They were miserable. They just weren't like his level of happy. But when I went through a breakup at the time, I remember that group. The single friend was like, yo, we lit. We out here. Let's get it. All of my friends that were in a relationship and miserable was like, you got to find someone new, dude. You can't be out here alone. I'm like, I'll be honest with you, man. I think that's kind of your problem. Is that you don't think it's possible to be out here alone. But that's a story for another time. My point is, everybody don't always need a suggestion. Just because they like one thing don't mean they're going to like everything. And just because they like their thing don't mean they're going to like your thing. Let people like what they like and be who they are and stop poking them for suggestions. Unless you're good at it. But most of the time, you're not. Who's next? I'm mad at people who do things like like all your pictures but don't follow you. Watch all your stories but don't follow you. Why do y'all do that? (laughs) I am so confused by this. I don't typically go to anyone's page that I don't follow. So I don't even know, like, how you land on someone's page that you don't follow all the time. Do y'all experience this? Like, the only times I really check my Instagram notifications is if I see someone's name a lot. Because then I think someone's trying to, like, get my attention. It could be family, what have you. And a lot of those times, it's a person I don't know, and they'll have liked 30 pictures, or they'll have commented on, like, 10 of my videos. But then I see they don't follow me. And then I wondered if this was a thing, and then I heard a lot of people tell me, yo, there's people who watch my stories every day, and they don't follow me. And I'm like, what? They say, yeah, they do that because you're creeping. But are you creeping? Because people seem to know. They know when you like all their stuff. They know when you watch all their stories. And you don't follow them. It's not like you could do it without them knowing who you are. So is it, is that, is like, like, what is that? Like, I'm in the house, but I don't want you to know I'm here. Social media is a weird place, man. I don't, I don't get it. That's probably why I'm mad at it. But I'm over it. All right, let's get into shout out. You might feel a little hopeless and broken, but don't you quit. Cause I swear to God, you probably Shout out to my family and everyone that came out to the show. At City Winery on Friday. It went down. Great experience. It's good to finally be back. Cut the inactivity. Now I can get back to doing what I do best. Um, definitely going to talk about the show in some detail here in a second. Of uh, course, some things that I was bothered by. But in the shout-out department, I just truly wanted to shout-out everyone who came, everyone who supported me, everyone who was there and listens to the podcast and just supports me in general. This is your moment. You are appreciated. Thank you for coming. And my family, I mean, wow, give it up for my family. They're amazing. Spent the whole weekend with them. Uh, They went to the show. They came with me to the Burt Show celebration for the 20th. It was incredible. The entire weekend, the entire experience. I enjoyed every moment of being around my family and just being supported and surrounded with love. It's a different experience with my family now for me, even more so than it was before, simply because of the year we've all been through. So it was epic. And shout out to Daniel. who is a supporter of the things that I do and was at the show, listens to the podcast, won the mug at the show, and (laughs) I gave him heat, man, during the show. That man is a beast. 
He was throwing it back at me. He got a sense of humor. That's the kind of person you want in the crowd when you do a show because you can bounce off them. You can feed off their energy. You can throw jokes at them, and they'll throw them back, and they're fine. That's the kind of energy we as comedians need. And he reached out to me. He sent me a message that's going to be vital in this podcast for a point that I'm going to make here in a moment, but I wanted to give him a shout-out first before I get into that. But first, let's get down to business. Yo, man, I was thinking, I got to take my hat off real quick to the man himself, the legend of John, John Legend. John Legend, ladies and gentlemen, and the reason being, I mean, you talk about a rebrand, I don't think we give him enough credit because... Most of us nowadays, when you think of John Legend, you think he got winner, sexiest man alive. You think most popular wedding song, maybe ever, but definitely of today, this song here. Cause all of me loves all of you. Love your curves and all your edges. All your perfect imperfections. Give like that's what you think of John Legend. Right? I have literally heard that exact song play at every wedding I've been to in recent times. They coming down the aisle to that, right? You think married, loyal, pairs to be a great husband, and all that's wonderful. You're always going to think these things of a man who can play the piano, right? You ain't never looked at a man who plays the piano and had bad thoughts about him. Could never see Stevie Wonder doing anything wrong outside of lying to us all because he can see. That's it, though. Nothing else. And y'all ain't gonna start with me with the whole mode. Don't do that. You know Stevie Wonder can't see thing either. That man drove a car. Man, and flew a plane. <laughs> all right, YouTube it. That man caught a mic. Dropped it by accident. Stevie caught it. Shaq said he can see. Anthony Anderson, I believe it was, said he threw something at Stevie one day. He caught it. Now, all of a sudden, Stevie wonders, Freddie Freeman, he can play first. Y'all not going to do this with me. And y'all know Stevie's a legend. That's my guy, but he can see. Beyond that, you don't typically look at a man who plays the piano and think anything bad. I've always felt like I should learn how to play the piano in case I got to get out of something. Do something wrong in your relationship. End up in court. Just play the piano. Can't be mad at somebody playing the piano. You just can't. Swiss Beats left his whole relationship for somebody who could play the piano. Never mind. Anyway, I almost said too much. What I'm saying is, this is what we think of when we see John Legend. Y'all don't remember the old John Legend? When he was an ordinary person? And he didn't know which way to go? He had the audacity to be telling people to take it slow. You know why he wanted to take it slow? Because he was playing the shit out of you. That's why. John Legend was in these streets, fam. <laughs> and made a whole album about it. I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with being in the streets. I'm just saying, to get to where he is now, John Legend's Get Lifted album? Some of y'all don't remember. When he told Homegirl, I used to love you. It was a song on there called She Don't Have to Know. And one of my favorites was this joint called Number One. You may not remember it, but lucky for you, I've got it lined up. 
promise not to do it again I promise not to do it again. You can't say I don't love you Just because I cheat on you You can't see all I do Keep you from knowing the things I do Like erase my phone and keep it out of town I keep it strapped up when I sleep around Well, I should have known one day you find out But you can't go and leave me now The song literally starts with the man saying, I promise not to do it again. I promise not to do it. And then he says, in a way that would make you dance, you can't say I don't love you just because I cheat on you. Because <laughs> you can't see all I do to keep you from knowing the things I do. And it goes on and on. John Legend is responsible quite possibly, for the best song ever made for the mind of a player to utilize to share what he goes through. It's the player's anthem. The same man who made you understand the mind of a cheater is the same man who gets played at more weddings today than anyone else. I never want to hear anyone say, once a cheater, Always a cheater ever again. It's over. We're done. I don't want to hear it. Too many people have played John Legend at their weddings when this is how I remember John Legend coming onto the scene. If that man can turn it around like that, then there's not a man alive who has cheated and can't do the same. It stops now. Who's next? All right, let's keep it on it. I just want the truth and everything you say. Here's where I'm Ain't starting this week. We keep it 100, man. We're going to keep it all the way 100 on a few things. A few things I wish I didn't have to talk about. I don't really want to talk about. But I never run from the moment. So here we are. So it starts with these thoughts that I've been dealing with, or at least I was dealing with for a few days, and I wasn't exactly sure what to do with them. So the truth is, at the show that I had on Friday... There were a few elements of insecurities that I had to kind of push through that I never really dealt with before. One was the obvious, which was the inactivity of having been in front of a really big crowd in a long time and just being on stage, the atmosphere, all of it. Comedy is not unlike anything else. Typically, inactivity can make you rusty. And it's not something that you can practice behind closed doors. You have to practice it in front of people. That's what the art is. It's not the easiest thing to do. But you do what you got to do. That's what you sign up for when you become a comedian. I also spoke about having Bree's family there and the awkwardness of performing in front of them for the first time. It was the first time I've had a show where I really don't have a lot of time to prep. Period. I just don't. And... That wasn't the biggest concern because I don't do a lot of prep for my shows in general, to be honest. But when I was starting out, I put a whole bunch of prep into it and I would at least kind of have directions to go into. But this time around, I really didn't have much of anything. I was just like, I'll just go up there and talk about some things and end up doing two hours. How? I don't know. It just happened. But in the midst of all of that, when you deal with those insecurities, I also knew that I was going to tell some jokes that might put people on edge a little bit. 
And I wasn't sure how it would go. Because most of my jokes coming up as a comedian, I never worried about people being offended because I'm just not that kind of comedian. I don't really tell those kinds of jokes. I do think that at the end of the day, regardless of the comedy you do, to some extent, someone or something has to be the butt of the joke. It just has to go that way. At the same time, there is a way that you can do comedy and be funny without necessarily being offensive. It's possible to do with the masses. It's impossible to do with everyone. I've learned that. And there's something to being a comedian today. Because obviously, we live in a sensitive climate. We all know that. It's probably the hardest time it's ever been to be a comedian. Because everything you say will offend someone and then you will be canceled or challenged or whatever the case, right? You can't say anything. You really can't. And I'm going to get into that a little later. The other end of that is we just live in a time where there's a lot of things going on. Black Lives Matter, civil rights, pandemic, politics. I mean, there's a lot out here. And to a certain extent, especially as a black comedian, if you don't address some of these things, you'll probably be challenged. And you probably should be. If you have a platform, that's a part of being a great comedian. You push the envelope a bit in order to help people see, to give people perspective. What are you really doing if you're just getting up there and telling knock-knock jokes? People may laugh. They certainly won't learn. But there's comedians for everyone. If that's your thing, you just clearly have to know who you're going to see. But that's not me. I've never been the kind of comedian who wants to get up there and just tell knock-knock jokes and go home. I'm going to challenge you. Same way I do on my podcast. My shows are no different. It's just a little more aggressive, a little more raw, a little more in your face. Part of that is because it's live, and the other part of that is because they can't do anything to you. When you get on stage, that's your time. But it's new levels, new devils, right? And that's what I've learned. Because I went up there and I told some jokes. I personally don't think I have ever in my life said anything that could be considered racist. Ever. I've never got the complaint. I've never saw it as a thing. I don't see how it could be possible at all. But then Bert gets this message from this woman who sends this long, drawn-out, complete bullshit-ass page about how my show was racist and I made her feel like shit as a white woman. I'm not even sure how I could possibly do that. Now, there are a few comedians that if you listen to them, you can 100% see how a white person would be offended. I'm not one of those comedians. Now, fortunately for me, I believe that Bert and I have a good relationship and he would never even think that I would do something like that. And he said he's been to my shows and he's never felt that way. But there was something about what this woman did that really pissed me off. And I couldn't even really put my finger on what it was. I don't know if it was just the blatant lies. I don't know if it was the writing to my boss, like what you were trying to get out of that. I mean, that's not, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. That's not rare to a black person in a workspace. Some people document that as white fragility. And that is not to be offensive to anyone that's white. That's another thing. Sometimes a black person will speak towards racist white people. And then you'll hear someone say, well, every white person isn't racist. Well, that's why I said the racist ones. Of course, every white person isn't racist. Some white people are amazing. 
But the amazing white people should never think that you're talking about them when you're speaking to racism. It seems that only the racist people get triggered and then try to make it like you're talking about all white people. No, we're talking about you, the racist. All of the good white people know who they are. We kick it with them. We laugh with them. We have fun with them. We do all the same things we would do with our black friends with them. We talking about you. And I don't like when the racist white person tries to make it an every white person thing. And I feel like that's what was happening in that message. And you've seen this sometime as a black person where the white person goes and says, this black person did something to a white person with power or authority. And then the black person gets fired or goes to jail or gets killed. This has been going on since Emmett Till. This isn't, this isn't hard. And I hate to have to get this real on my podcast, but that's genuinely what I felt in that moment. Maybe you'll feel like it's not that and I'm over-exaggerating. I don't think I am. Because it could be that simple. The word of one white woman who was lying on a black boy got him murdered. That's been going on forever. We just saw that video go viral. We talked about that on the Bird Show as well. Where the white woman was in Victoria's Secret and she's falling all out on the floor. Yelling as if this black woman is a threat who is recording because she's the victim. And she's yelling, why are you recording me? And then she starts to attack the black woman saying, get away from me. You're going toward her, ma'am. Yelling, get away from me. Thank God we live in a land today where we can pull a phone out and have a recording. But let's not pretend like there haven't been many a time when a black person did not have a camera or someone to back them or someone to vouch. And if it comes word for word, well, chances are you going to jail, bro. You're getting fired, homie. I felt all of that. Because there's no part of me that is racist or has ever been. Simply no part. It's that simple. And I hate the fact that I cared. I do. All of my friends were like, why do you even care? You know damn well that ain't you. That's not the point, bro. For her to even try this. Like, where am I right now? Is this like a new level, new devil thing? I ain't never had nobody try me like that. I done had them come at me about everything. I done heard all the racial slurs. I done been called all the names in the book. I done been challenged in all these ways. I done been told I can't do it. I'm trash. I'm this. I know all that. But this what we getting off now? (laughs) I'm racist? (laughs) This is new. Okay. Where we go? Now I got to sit here and address this, and I don't even know what this woman is talking about. When Bert brought it to my attention, I had no clue what we were talking about. I was like, I really wish she would have told you what I said or what I did that would make her even think this because I don't even know how to address this because I didn't say anything remotely close to racist. But I'm such the kind of person that even when I feel like I'm a thousand percent right, I still beat myself up trying to find where I just could be wrong. Sometimes I like that about myself because it helps me grow, but sometimes I hate it because it makes me overthink and stress over nothing. And so I did that for a couple days. Like, damn, was there something I said? I called my white friends that were at the show. Yo, did I say something that was offensive? They all were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, man. This lady said I was racist. Made her feel like shit. They all kind of laughed, to be honest. Like, Mo, you tripping. I'm like... (laughs) And like, no, you just, you talked about being a black man. It wasn't to make anybody that was white feel away, but maybe some white people don't want to hear it. And so all of a sudden, you're racist. I'm like, I can't accept that. That doesn't feel like that was worth you storming out and then making it seem like a bunch of other people stormed out too, which 
apparently didn't happen. Because I'd be up there on stage. So when I'm hearing her say these things, I'm like, damn, that happened too? Mad people wrote me from the show like, nah, two people left. That was it. She left, and apparently there was another woman who left because she asked what was going on with me and Bree. And I remember that. And I, and I remember my mom kind of letting her know, like, what happens with Mo and Bree is Mo and Bree's business. Why do you care? Which I thought was fair. <laughs> I struggle with that thought every single day of my life. Why do y'all care so much? No, like, disrespect to anybody. I just never cared that much about anybody else's relationship. So it's weird to me. Not saying that y'all wrong. I just, I don't know. It's weird to me. And my homegirl tried to explain to me, like, yo, when I be watching reality shows and I see relationships, I be curious. And I was like, I understand that. I watched Love and Hip Hop when Jim Jones and Christy was a thing, and I loved them as a couple. I thought they were great. But if I'm being honest, never ran and hit Jim Jones up on Instagram like, yo, you and Christy married or not? Just never cared that much, bro. Just thought it was entertainment. But that's just me, apparently. So this woman was diving headfirst into my business. I guess my mom told her, hey, why don't you let it go? And her feelings were hurt. She was, she was offended because my mom asked her to not ask me about my personal life. And she left. Fine. And apparently this woman left too. Okay. Neither of those sound like a reason for me to change anything. But still, I wondered. What could I have possibly said that would make anyone feel this offended at my show? This is a first for me. And then I got a DM from Daniel who I mentioned earlier. I hope he doesn't mind because I do want to read his message on the podcast as well as on the bird show. And I felt like this message had to come from him because he sat in the front and I gave him a ton of jokes all night. We were going back and forth. I even gave him a couple white jokes to find out that he's not even white. It just looks white, <laughs> but he's Latin. And I made some cop car jokes with him and few things. And it was one of the times in my comedic career that, in all honesty, if Daniel would have reached out to me and said, bro, I think you owe me an apology, my feelings were hurt, I would have did it. Because to me, if anybody in that building had a right to be offended, it was him. Because I picked on him the most. And it's never for me. I can't speak for all comedians. I never pick on someone who I think can't handle it. That's other comedians who do that. Not my style. I always try to find a person in the room, and you can usually tell who can go with you. Who has that? They can take it. They can dish it. They can have some fun. They can laugh. And it's love. When I find that person, we going to have fun. Because that's just how I operate. Everything is not a get up there and tell a, a written joke for me. Some of these things are going to come off the head. It's going to come from the crowd. I'm going to laugh and joke with y'all. Daniel gave me that that night. We had some fun. And I thought to myself, if he doesn't tell me he was offended, I don't think anybody can tell me they were offended, man. And he wrote me after he heard the Burt Show segment where this woman said my show was racist. And he said, hey, Mo, I listened to the whole podcast version of the show the day after it's released. I just heard the part where someone was upset and said that your show last Friday night was racist. That made me kind of mad and want to reach out. My name is Daniel. I'm the guy front row who gave you the Amish quote unquote and tried to get you canceled quote unquote jokes. Ha ha. I just wanted to say that your show was not racist by any means. The way I saw it was as a way to talk about the struggles that black people go through because of the color of your skin 
but from a joking angle. It was well done, and people need to hear it. Whether they like it or not, it needs to be said. I am Latino, although I look as white as Bert. <laughs> Therefore, I have an unbiased opinion. Anyway, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep breaking barriers and teaching all of us how to be better. Thank you for a great show last Friday. And my in the moment mug. Huge fan. I'll see you at the next one. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Because he put it in words, I really couldn't put it. Because I wasn't exactly sure what the hell was happening. (laughs) But yes, I did speak from being black in America at a time where it's, it is what it is to be black in America. (laughs) But never in a manner where I'm saying you suck to be anything other than black. These are just my struggles because, well, I kind of happen to be black. I've heard white comedians get on stage. I won't say any names because I'm not a snitch and tear white people up. I even told a joke about how between my black friends and my white friends, I've learned and I'm a sad black people going to cancel me for it. But my white friends are more reliable. It is what it is. Call them and they there. Whatever I need. Yo, where you at? I'm coming right now. Call my black friends. You know what they say every time, no matter what the scenario is. Ugh, shit. You should have told me earlier, bro. It's just what they say. Crowd laughed. It was funny. Moved on. Not one complaint from a black person. <laughs> Ain't one black person going, can't believe you said that about us, man. You racist. You sold out. It's a joke. What's up with the people who come to comedy shows and don't want to laugh? Why? It's a joke. I legit don't know how to be a comedian anymore. And I never thought I would be the comedian to say that, but I don't. Because there are certain comedians who get canceled for absolute good reason. They say things that you look at and you go, that was really stupid. I don't even push the envelope like that. I could. I choose not to because I don't want to deal with this type of shit. But if you're going to deal with it anyway, now I'm starting to think you should come out and be the guy to say some outlandish shit from the beginning. (laughs) Just go crazy. Go crazy because then they're going to go, he sucks and you're never going to expect anything good from him again. Then he'll probably make a pretty decent career staying where he is. And people won't be so offended because they'll go, oh, that's him. But when you're the guy who does a million things right, you literally can't do one thing wrong. When you're the guy that does a million things wrong, you come back around and do that one thing right. They go, maybe he's changing. He's coming around. He's found Jesus. Ain't this a bitch? I did a million things right. I ain't bring Jesus up. I do one thing wrong. I'm racist. (laughs) What are you supposed to do as a comedian? What are you supposed to do? Why don't y'all go to hockey games, Broadway plays, ice skating events? It's a lot of other ways to entertain yourself for two hours if you're going to be offended by everything somebody say. How the hell I'm going to be racist and I join the bird show? I mean, no damn sense. You got to come harder than that, lady. <laughs> oh, it pissed me off, though, and I wish it didn't. But like I always say, God gives you what you need when you need it. And though I'm mad that I needed some sense of validation, I got it. And it won't happen again because the first cut is the deepest. I'll talk more about that later. But again, shout out to Daniel. You made it that much more fun. You're a real one. Who's next? Hey, <laughs> I just I just thought about it. Was that whole, if I was racist, would I be on a bird show moment? Like, a, hey, I'm not racist. My best friend is white. 
Was that <laughs> was that one of those? Oh shit. It felt like it after I said. I mean, but it makes sense. I'm serious. I'm really not racist. And one of my best friends really is white. Fuck it. I'm that guy now. <laughs> Damn it. It got me. Got me again. Who's next? Are we supposed to take the easy route in life? I'm somewhat confused now. This comes on the heels of the Milwaukee Bucks. Shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks for winning the NBA championship. I know sometimes I tie sports into life, but it's never really about sports. It's always about life. And there's a player on the Bucks named Giannis. I tend to ca- I tend to canoe. Fuck, man. I want to be able to say this dude's name so bad because that's how much respect I have for him. It's no disrespect. It's not a joke. I legit just can't say it. Giannis, I tend to kabnupo. I'm a, damn it, man. I'm going to just say Giannis. I love you, Giannis. I swear I do. But shout out to Giannis. <laughs> they got a play on their name Giannis, right? And I've watched these videos of him speaking, and if you watch enough of them, you'll realize how humble he is. One video I loved. From my experience, right? Like when I think about like, oh yeah, I'm, I did this. I, you know, I, I'm so great. I had uh, 30, I had 25, 10 and 10 or whatever the case might be. Because right. you're going to think about that. Oh, we won this and that. Usually the next day you're going to suck. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> simple as that. You Like the next few days you're going to be terrible. And uh, I figured out like a mindset to have that like when you focus on the past, that's your ego. I did this. You know, um, we were able to, you know, um, beat this team for all. We, we did. The, I did this in the past. I won that in the past. Mm-hmm. And when I focus in the future, it's my pride. Like, yeah, next game, game five, I'll do this and this and this. Right. You know, I'm going dumb. That's your pride talking. Like, you, it doesn't happen. Like, you're right here. And um, I kind of, like, try to focus in the, you know, in the moment, in the present. And that's humility. And Giannis did it in a way where some of us respect. He didn't have the super team. He didn't have the easy route. And it seems a lot of those guys were hating on him. They always had some negative to say. James Harden had some negative stuff to say. Kevin Durant had some negative stuff to say. James Harden don't have a ring. Kevin Durant does, but he did it with a super team. Some people don't feel like that matters. Other people do fall where you may. Point is, see a guy like Giannis kind of Buck up, if you will, because he had to do it somewhat his own way. Created his own path. Had a bunch of people saying that he wasn't talented. Wasn't a real athlete. All he could do is dunk. You heard it all from these other players. Don't compare me to that guy, said the reins of the great KD. (laughs) And if you're not familiar, right, this stems from a conversation I had on the Bird Show one day as well, because... I was talking to my homeboys once about, in life, if you respect the guy that took the easy route and you call him a champion or you call him a king, then what is the guy who took the more difficult route and accomplished the same thing? Are there not levels to it? Is it all the same? I don't know. I was merely trying to create conversation. Now, for me, I enjoy a challenge. That's not to diss people who don't. Because I know we live in that climate now. You like something and it means that you don't like something else. It's not what I'm saying. Me personally, I've always been the kind of guy who likes a challenge. I never put 2K on, put it on easy, beat the game and feel like I accomplished something. Not my style. So when you look at some of the players 
KD is kind of at the top of that list because he gets the most heat for it. Where if you're not a sports fan, he's considered one of the best basketball players in the world. The best to some. But yet he went and played on a team that literally just won an NBA record for the most wins. They had Steph Curry, they had Klay Thompson, they had Draymond Green, whatever, whatever. They, they had already was winning championships. They had just beat KD. He went over and joined them just to get a ring. Some people said, that's clown behavior. Other people said, hey, do what you got to do to win. Fall where you may. Now, I come from the Michael Jordan era. I just kind of respect that more. Where if you're the talent, if you're the guy, then you surround yourself with people who can ball. And you go challenge the other guys who think they're the guy with the people that they think can ball. And we're going to see who can really ball. I don't feel like you can fight all of the fighters you know you can beat and then call yourself the greatest if you ain't fight the greatest. I don't mean I'm right. That's just where I come from. In my mind, KD didn't do that. Giannis did. And when I tried to explain this on the Burt show, <laughs> it, was, it was funny to me. I wasn't tripping. But Burt made a joke like, well, KD went and joined the team that was already winning the same way you joined the Burt show that was already winning. What's the difference? And my friends felt the way because they was like, why you ain't like explain to him what the huge difference is? And I'm like, for what? That happens all the time. I don't, I'm not going to do that. For one, I'm not offended. It doesn't bother me. And I wasn't even thinking about it. And for two, like sometimes it just, it ain't enough time on the show. It's too many mics. You can't really go into detail about how you actually feel about certain things because it just ain't worth it and just ain't enough time. But what I don't think anyone was understanding that day and I did say it in my own way. I simply said I'm not KD, which I thought was obvious. It's like KD had a choice. I haven't been in radio for 10 years and, and already considered a radio Hall of Famer and already had my own team and already was winning. I didn't have any of that. I came onto the Burt Show as a rookie who knew nothing. <laughs> of course you joined the team that's winning when you don't know shit. You're the rookie, right? But when you get in position to win now, it's your team. And you're the guy. And you're the best in the world. And then you say, instead of me now building off of my own talent, gifts, and abilities, once you're there, I'm going to go play with the guys who are already there because I'm afraid that if I'm the guy we got to go through, we might not make it. So let me go with the other guys who are just as good as me so at least I know we're going to make it and I don't have to compete with them. Yeah, I could 100% see how somebody could look at that guy and go, he's not a competitor. Is he smart? Maybe. If that's what you want your legacy to be and you don't care, sure. Floyd Mayweather effect. Wait till everybody's a little bit out there prime, fight him and beat him, and then you can say you were the greatest. You made a lot of money, you didn't get hit a lot, now you're smart and you're rich. Hey, man, some people hate Floyd for it. I get it. In KD's situation, ain't nobody punching him in the face. It's a little different. I don't get it. <laughs> and I also don't get how it was a comparison, but fine. They didn't understand what I was saying. Maybe you don't either. But this is what I meant. Because immediately after Giannis won, a lot of these guys who were saying he wasn't an athlete, he wasn't great, he wasn't talented, he wasn't all these things. Well, fam, he's done something none of y'all ever did. He didn't need a super team to get one. And then you know what they said? Some of them, they said he has a super team. Now you're going to try to make that perspective a reality because if you don't, now Giannis is the guy that just went through all of y'all and y'all all had something to say until he did something y'all couldn't do. I say that to say, 
It's exactly what the hell I was saying. <laughs> That's life. Everybody got something to say until you do something that they can't do. And even then, guess what? They're going to have something else to say. But it's doers and it's yours. Them boys ain't want to respect Giannis. And I feel his pain for that. But they don't want to give Giannis any credit. They'd rather give the credit to the guys who do it the easy way. So it makes me wonder, what are you really supposed to do in life? Because they say your path is more difficult because your calling is higher. It's more powerful. That's what they say. And I pray to God that's true because I do tend to take the challenge. And I remember getting into like a debate, which was almost an argument with a girlfriend once over a player that she liked. And then I had to catch myself and I was like, why are we even, this is basketball. This is irrelevant to my life. But as I thought about it, I realized what it was. I'm the guy who takes the challenge and has to win. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It doesn't mean you don't take the opportunities when it comes. It means when it's your time to shine, to step in front of the lion, you do what you got to do. Everybody's not that person. So when you are that person and your lady don't see that because she too busy supporting the guy who runs from the challenge, you wonder if she realizes what she has <laughs> and if she deserves it. Because it'll make you feel like, you know what? Maybe I should stop taking these damn challenges and just go ahead and take the easy way out since that's what you like anyway. And to me... It's similar to what the world does. They seem to love the person that takes the easy way and hate on the guy who takes the challenge. Why? I don't know. Who's next? All right, Sicko Award. Sicko Award this week goes to the sick-ass woman who decided to poke at my grandmother's death as if it were something to play with. On my Instagram this week. I was challenged in a way. That I've never been challenged. Somewhat. Just when I thought there were no other ways you could challenge me. I'm always speaking to not letting people get to me. Not letting the moment get to me. Always being prepared. And you know what? I was hit with a boulder. That I wasn't prepared for. I looked at my phone. And I saw that there was a strange account. And I don't even know why I saw this. It was almost as if I was supposed to see it. Because I was in a gym and someone had told me to just check your Instagram. And I, and I did. And um, I saw the comment. And this person went out their way. I don't know who they were. But to not only tell me that my, grand, my dead grandmother was a Gemini. They wrote her birthday down. The actual day, the month, and... Don't come at Gemini's like this. You'll see my dark side. Da 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 da. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I had a moment. I was like blown away at the fact that somebody could be that fucked up. And the thing is, I almost feel like there's anything you can say to me today. Y'all pretty much never hear me complain about it. Every once in a while, I'll get a message I'll tell y'all about, but there are thousands I don't. Racist messages. Funny style messages, people always having something to say. There's always something. But this one, it struck me. And I reached a level of anger really quickly that I haven't felt in a very, very long time. 
And I realize now that a lot of that is simply based on the fact that when you lose someone you love that much and it's the first major, major, major loss in your life, there's a part of you that's very angry. Very angry that the world took this person from you. And there's nothing you can do with that anger. There's nowhere to put it. There's nowhere to place it because it's no one's fault. It's just life. And for some reason, at least for me, it's harder to deal with that kind of anger when you literally just can't blame anyone or anything. Just got to eat it, man. And I'm very angry deep down inside that my grandmother is gone. I'm pushing through it. It hasn't even been a year yet, but I'm pushing through it, doing the best I can. And it's never, I just never got that kind of punch in the gut. Like no one's ever made fun of it to my face and still not to my face, obviously, because the trolls would never. But that was a moment I was not prepared for. Needless to say, I wanted a location and I wanted my hands. (laughs) Almost said too much. Never mind. Point is, I realized in this moment that life reminds me of boxing somewhat. Because I didn't see it for what it was at first. Truth of the matter is, if I make these astrology videos that talk about why I hate your sign, and I talk about every sign, and typically every week they end up on a new blog or a new page where I then now get hundreds and maybe thousands of followers and a lot more comments, and I'd say probably 80, maybe 85% of them are people just having fun with it, laughing, Like, damn, this is really accurate, and I'm pissed, and yo, who are you, and fuck you and your family, but this is funny. Like, that kind of thing, right? And it's cool. There's like the 10% of people who genuinely get angry, which I'll never understand. I think it's funny. But the Gemini video, right? Like, if, if my video of where I'm making fun of people based off of what the stars say about them This is not even me. Like, I'm not in your house. I don't know you. I'm literally making fun of what the stars say about your sign. If that makes someone watch that video and be so hurt that they come to my page, figure out when my grandmother has died, and then write it to me like, don't forget your grandmother died and was a Gemini And I'll let my dark side out and I will come kill you. Whatever the hell is stupid ass said. Damn it, I am good. (laughs) Like, for real. If it made you that mad, mind you, I'm doing every sign. So it's not personal. And it could never be personal because I don't know you. It's not personal. It's fun. It's jokes. Is it accurate? Probably, because I take it seriously. I do my research. I know my stuff. And my grandmother trained me. She's Mrs. Miyagi. So I'm lit. And yeah, I get it. Maybe it's so accurate that it may, you know, hit you here or hit you there. But fam, if my videos are getting to the point where it's making people feel the need to stoop so low... Because hurt people hurt people. They so hurt that they want you to feel their level of hurt. And the only way they feel like they can do that is to make fun of your dead grandmother. When I tell y'all I'm on fire. Yo, 
I've reached a new level for real. Oh, you mad, mad. And that's how I should have received it. But I didn't. To be honest. Uh, not at first. First, I was like, oh, my dead grandmother, huh? Hey, where are you? <laughs> that simple. When I was young, it was only five words you needed for someone who felt like they were about that or they were a bully or whatever the case. It was only five words. Say it in my face. That was it. There was no more talking to do once someone said, say it in my face. You're either going to say it in their face or you're going to shut up. Well, we live in an internet world where you don't have to say it in someone's face and you also don't have to shut up. Fine. So now we have to adjust and learn how to react to it. And that's what I did. And that's where the boxing comes in. Because I remember in the small amount of time that I boxed growing up, one of the things I really learned was boxing is the kind of art that in some ways will remind you of life. Because no matter how much film you watch, no matter how much, how many miles you run, how much jump roping you do, how much sparring you do, there's nothing that will prepare you to get hit by somebody like getting hit by somebody. <laughs> it's just nothing you can do. You can watch the film all you want, but when you get in the ring, I promise you, it's going to be certain people that hit just a little harder than you thought they did. And when you feel it the first time, it rocks your shit, rocks your whole world. You start to ask yourself why you're here, what's your name, why'd your mom have you, does she love you, do your friends care about you, your legs wobble, they go out, the arena goes dark, you trying to figure out. Now you're fighting five people. You was just fighting one. You don't know which one to hit. A lot of things happen when you take that first shot because you can't prepare for it. But what happens typically, if he don't knock your lights out, the fight goes on and you stay in the fight. And eventually the lights come back on and you start to remember that your mother does indeed love you and you're happy that she had you. And then his hits still hurt, but they hurt a little less every time. Part of that is simply because you're staying in the fight. He's now getting more tired by the second. Hits are not as sharp. You're starting to figure him out. You know his movements. You know when he's coming. And you simply just know what it feels like to get hit. And your body reacts differently. And if you stay in the fight even longer, you just might fuck around and knock him out. And that's what really makes you a fighter. It's not always the skill or the talent. It's the actual fight. So the next time somebody tries the old dead grandma trick, oh, it ain't going to feel like that. I've been hit with that one before. I've seen this before. So once that hook comes, I'll no longer be there. You missed. But it was a good shot. You just don't make them all. So no, I'm not offended. I'm not affected. I'm fine. Because my grandmother is at peace. But that poor woman is not. But don't get it twisted. Fuck you, bitch. Who's next? Moment of the week. I was talking to somebody the other day and it made me realize I need to say this. There are some people in this life who genuinely, genuinely cannot see outside of themselves being the star of their own movie. You may not even know who you are because you're too stuck being the star of your own movie. <laughs> but 
was talking to somebody, and it's no shade to them, because it ain't about them per se. It's just that there's been times in my life when I've been upset or frustrated because I'm trying to tell somebody something, and they just don't hear me because they only hear themselves. But have you ever dealt with this kind of person? I remember saying to this person, hey, I felt this way. I remember this person saying to me, you can't feel a way because I've never done anything to you. The ways that I feel are based off of the things you have done to me. I couldn't help but think to myself, whoa, just how in the hell do you know that you've never done anything to me? (laughs) Have you ever known someone like this? Yo, I've never done anything to you. How can you be so, I don't even know what the word is, naive, narcissistic, whatever it is, that you think you are so perfect that you have never done anything to anyone? I know a lot of people like this. Y'all ain't do nothing to her. Y'all ain't do nothing to him. Y'all ain't never did nothing to nobody. Nobody has never done anything to anybody. Have you ever realized that sometime? Fam, you don't know what you did to somebody. Truth is, most people are too arrogant to even ask or care because they're too busy being the stars in their own movies. How you know what you've done to somebody or what you've done to make somebody feel some way? You realize how naive you have to be to think you know everybody's triggers? You know everybody's soft spots? You know everybody's sensitivity? You know, you don't know. You don't know what you've done to somebody sometime. But you just know they did something to you because you perfect. No. Hate to be the one to tell you, sometimes your personality rubs people the wrong way too. Now me, I'll always ask, what did I do? Now if you can't tell me, that's another story. But if you can, I'd be willing to listen. But I know people who won't even let you get there. Yo, I know I ain't do nothing to you. Yo, I know I ain't do nothing to you. How do, how do you know? And if you already feel that way, us talking ain't going to do nothing. You stuck in that shit. You perfection. You don't have to do nothing to nobody. Nobody ever has a reason to feel away. There are people like this. If you have that mindset that you constantly are the victim and it's always something being done to you and you are never doing anything to anyone, ask yourself, how did you become so damn perfect? Write a book on it, bottle it up, and sell it so that the rest of us could be Mr. Perfect and Mrs. Perfect just like you. Or go to church. (laughs) Learn that your perspective isn't the only one. And you don't know how you come off to other people. Which is why I love when people are so quick to tell me, hey, your little videos is cute, but that ain't me. How you know it's you? You doing everything I said you do in the video right now, looking dumb as you want to look. But whatever you say, because I know you are the star of your own movie. Who's next? Reflective moment of the week. My trouble used to just double. When I ain't have a dollar, I used to struggle to struggle. Yeah. I've realized in my life that there are times when people will make me feel crazy for being reserved. They make you feel cold, in fact. I can't tell you how many times somebody has told me, man, sometimes I just feel like Mo is cold. And I always got to tell them, I'm not cold. I'm just reserved. Don't necessarily just give you everything off the bat. Not my happiness, not my energy, not my joy, not my freedom, none of that. Because people are thieves. They just are. And then some people look at you and go, wow, man, you got that attitude. You got that. And it's like, yo, some of y'all got to stop making reserved people seem as if they cold or something's wrong with being reserved. You can't be the person who has thoughts the way I started this podcast, like what's wrong with people, and then look at reserved people who decide not to deal with people and go, what's wrong with you? (laughs) It's got to be one or the other. But a lot of times, me being quiet, me being reserved, or me being to myself, which I know is hard to believe when you do a one-man podcast, but I promise y'all, outside of these mics, 
And when you see me on stage, I don't talk much. That's why when these mics are on, I always have something to talk about. Because all I do is observe and listen and watch. And then when I come in these moments, I give y'all everything I've observed, listened to, and watched. But sometimes the outgoing people who could be a little naive about the realities of the world that make you feel crazy for being reserved or quiet or to yourself or whatever the case. And those be the people who cut you first soon as you come out the water, right? Like I lived my entire life like a quiet place. Quiet place one, two, it don't matter. I would have survived all of them. I got friends who wouldn't have. They would have died in the second scene. It's nothing for me. My whole life is a quiet place. I hear the noise. I don't want y'all to know I'm over here. I'm chilling. But it shocks me that some people will look at you and go, you got to let people in. You can't be like that. Put your walls down. Those are the same people who wouldn't let strangers into their house. You wouldn't do that. Would you just let a stranger into your house? No. Why not? Because they might steal things. Exactly. They might steal your furniture. They might steal your TV. They might go into your safe. They might mess with your stuff. Why do y'all think the insides of you as a human are any different? It's my furniture. My mind, my heart, my energy, my joy. People steal that shit just like they'll steal your blender. Ain't no different. So you wouldn't let a stranger in your house, but you want me to let a stranger in my hut? I'm looked at as crazy. You sure I'm the crazy one? Because you don't want to always come to me with a story about somebody Tom cruising and jumping on your couch. So maybe it's you who should stop letting strangers into your house. And by house, I mean heart. Because a heart is a house for love. And I've learned. Shout out to the 5-5 five five Heartbeats fans who probably listened to my podcast. That was for you. Who's next? All right, quote of the week. People don't abandon the people they love. They abandon the people they were using. End quote. Don't forget that. Don't get that twisted. Soon as people are done using you, they'll be out. So more than likely, if they're not around, it's because they shouldn't be. Let them go. They never loved you. Who's next? In final moments, stick to the plan. You knew it wouldn't be easy. I said it last week for y'all. I'm saying it this week for me. Because it's exactly what I got to do. Stick to the plan. And that's just to let you know that I always practice what I preach. As always, it's been a pleasure to share the moment with y'all. I look forward to it every week. I thank you for being here. I thank you for listening. I hope I gave you something to take away. Laugh, live, love. Or love, laugh, live. Like whatever that bum-ass account was that said something bad about my grandmother. (laughs) My grandmother's more proud of me than anybody in your family will ever be proud of you. I promise you that. But it stops nothing. I love you, Grandma. I love y'all. Until next time, y'all be good. Next week, bitches. Yo, man, people got to be more humble. Humble yourselves. Okay, I don't know what's wrong with people. I don't know why people are the way they are, but I think a lot of it has to do with the humility factor. Humble yourself. It's too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Too many bosses, not enough workers. Too many men running around with BDE. But they got LDs. A lot of women have rolled a penis. But only one man has rolled a penis to space. So if you ain't Jeff Bezos, you ain't much of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him on, him on.
So cause of you. See, I can never let go of anything that you taught nah. You promised me a home and blessed me with a resort yeah. Told you I needed help and I had to be in New York Word. You told me pack my bag, said you be there to support Never judge me for my baggage or anything that I brought nah. Encouraged me to fight for my dreams and so I fought oh. And know this life is hard and I constantly come up short yeah. You stand beside your word and never think to avoid yeah. You got me on a mission uh. to make the world listen So yes. I approach an audition like I'm everything they missing wow. You told me that I am, you told me I be the greatest yes. Said it's gonna be harder cause I'll be more than the latest Woo. And well, I believe you when you tell me keep fighting The yeah. world will keep biting, don't worry, I'll keep writing Sometimes I lose the vision and it's hard for me to listen But she catch me while I'm slipping, know the devil has a mission Know that God placed me here to capture all I was missing It's amazing how this woman can love without a condition See, that's the kind of love that could probably bring me to fears But this the kind of love that could probably bring me to tears Just know it, God forbid, if I have a word of rest And I never got to say it, just know that you were the best Thank you for all you've done and I know it was all a test So know that when I make it, I owe you all the success You always sure. said I would make it so long as I never rest